look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Lifestyle matters. It's more than money. I'm Faisal Carmelli, my co-host here, Dave Popowich. How you doing, buddy? Well, let's just say I'm I'm glad the week's done. It was a long week. <laughs> that that year took that week took a long it was a long year and a week. It's been a while since I've done twenty hour days, my friend. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. And so uh, I I was accustomed to sixteen hour days. To bump it up to twenty hour days. And the hard part for me personally, because we've been uh, this is the first time we've been uh, side by side yep. within the week. Yep. Uh, within the week, and um, uh, to be um, balancing life, hmm. right? Because I got the kids, and yep. I've got business, and yep. I'm trying to communicate and yep. get all the information out and research and everything that we're doing. Yeah, um, it is. It is a very challenging time, and then you add the markets on top of it. It, uh, it, it makes it a very, very difficult time for many people around the world. Well, a lot of people are, are feeling the anxiety. I mean, um, we'll talk about that in the fourth segment because I had a really cool conversation with a client who asked me about that. Like, what's going on, Dave? Are you, uh, you sound calm and you sound confident. So either you're crazy or you're about to jump out the window and you're not telling me which one yeah, is it. We're going to find out what Dave's going to do. <laughs> Stick around in segment four <laughs> for the answer to that question. That's right. But, you know, um, there is some anxiety out there. We're going to talk about how to stay mentally fit yep. and physically fit, given this whole idea that we might be facing a period of social isol- uh, isolation. Uh, isolation. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. So we'll have um, um, a clinical psychologist to help us understand what we might go through and what we can do about it. You know, I want to find out what's going to happen here in the city of Calgary. We've, we've been kind of forced into our homes. Businesses had to shut down, not because of their own uh, wishes. It's been government mandated. Yeah. And so what happens? And, I, and I, we're going to basically bring on, bring on a city councillor to talk about what the effects of this COVID-19 is going to do and how they're going to figure this out to help its citizens uh, in a time like this. Okay, so let's talk about the containment efforts globally and sort of how it impacted markets this week because it was another wild week uh, with some really uh, you know, big drawdowns and anxiety and uncertainty again, all stemming from how aggressive governments are, are, are asking us to be in the containment of this. Yeah. This week, as we were talking about, if I took us back to last week or the week before, um, you know, it was obvious that governments were going to have to respond fiscally if they want, you know, people like you and me and our and listeners, whoever you are, if you get laid off, you got to make sure that you can you can get yourself through this period of time. You can pay the mortgage, you can feed the family, all of those things, and we got to make sure that business is there to go back to that people can get reemployed when we take our finger off the pause button, and and government would have a responsibility, yeah. a role to play in this, right? Here, here's what's happened over the last couple of weeks, and it's been kind of um, put out, especially this week. A couple of weeks ago, we saw the central bankers of major countries around the world start to give what's called monetary stimulus. Keep the liquidity going so that things don't get clogged up in the system. Interest rates low. Interest rates lower. Let's make sure that, that banks can still have give out capital if need be, so on and so forth. Well, that doesn't stop the issue. The that, issue that, of COVID-19 yeah. requires isolation. Right. And when you have isolation, you have economic destruction. You're just stopping the economy. Right. When you do that, you need to get back to your, to the, the normal at some time in the future, but you need a bridge to get to that point. Right. And here's what every major um, um, government has, has said so far. 
we will do whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. And when they say we will do whatever it takes, they're going to throw a lot of money at this. Well, you first trillions and trillions of dollars yeah. around the world is going to be used to stimulate or to bridge people yeah. until we get back to the back to the new normal. Correct. And so in that time frame, get ready for a lot of money. Now you're going to have those fiscal conservatives saying, "Oh my god, we're going to mortgage our future for this." Yep. Now we have to pick and choose who lives, who dies. Now we have to pick and choose which businesses succeed and which ones fail, or do we just give out a blanket check? And get everybody back on it, and we'll figure it out later. That's the debate that's going on, yeah. and that's what the there's markets no, are figuring out. There is no out. debate anymore. Actually, it is a throw the money at the problem. That, now, that that's decisions made. Now, Dave, you and I put a video together out for our clients, and I want to give the public now the opportunity here that somewhat of the similar message that we gave. We are in a market condition where the market is trying to figure out the destruction of the hurricane while the hurricane is going. Mm-hmm. Yep, and so. When we're figuring out this, you have no idea what the destruction is until the hurricane is done. Yeah, or what the cost of it is, right? Correct, what the cost of it is. So how do you assess what the value of a business is if you don't know what that business will be like after the hurricane? Right. And so that's where we're at. And governments are writing checks in the middle of this hurricane. That's similar to a hurricane or a tornado going through your house, and in the middle of it... The insurance company cuts you a check and says, here you go. Do you even know if that's going to be enough? Right. How do you know? Right. So uncertainty of this is where we are at this point in time. Right. Now, uh, I love this point in time when it comes to the markets. Mm-hmm. I'm smiling because not because of the destruction and people's portfolios and retirements are at risk and so forth. I, 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 that's not why I'm smiling. What I'm smiling about is the overshoot or the overreaction of what people are doing. Because they don't have belief or faith in the overall system of this world. Right. Right now, it's hard. And so I, I, I smile because this is where we get opportunities. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we've done a lot of research over the, you know, the last week about what it looks like from this point forward. Yep. If you go back to 98 and the Asian flu, and we talk about the Lehman Brothers collapse, and we, you know, we can, look at, you can look at all of these different points and, uh, and what's happened and so on and so forth. Each of these crises are unique in, in their own respect. But history does have a playbook of what typically happens. Um, there's no guarantees in anything, right? But typically how these things play themselves out um, if you look at some reasonable point in the future. And so uh, investors people in general, we need to keep our wits about us right now, right? We don't know. We don't know if, um, I'm calling it the great negotiation, right? (laughs) I love that. Yeah, and what's happening is the markets and people like you and me and people that are losing their jobs, everybody, we're kind of, we're all negotiating together, but the market is negotiating particularly with the government and with the central banks around the world. Yeah. And the negotiation is, have you provided enough to give us confidence that the economy is still there when this thing when it runs its course. So we got to watch the market trading. And I've been interested this week. Um, I think it was Wednesday. We saw a big fall. And, it, and the markets were down 22, 2300 points, something like that. I'm talking about the Dow. And a really late-day rally up 1,000 points. So, sorry, it wasn't up. It, it took back 1,000 points. We yeah. were down 1,300. And, and I remember saying on air, I said, well, it'll be fascinating to watch the next day because – as the great negotiation plays itself out, where do we find this point in space where, where we get a bit of stability? 
okay, both parties say, we think we've found that place right now, and then we're going to get it tested because we are in the middle of the hurricane. I loved your analogy. We are in the middle of the hurricane. So as the news comes out, watch how markets respond. Air Canada lays off 5,000 um, of their uh, flight attendants. Okay. Is that a surprise? No, we knew that was coming. Okay. Watch how the company responds on the trading on that day. Has the market priced it appropriately? If it has, it doesn't do anything. If it overshot it, stock goes up. That always confuses people. That's bad news, but the stock is going up. Correct. And if it goes down, we <clears throat> haven't hit it enough. Uncertainty is what causes the markets down. Right. Certainty or information about what could be gives the market the ability to price it appropriately. Right. And so appropriate and, and price could mean going up. Right. Yeah. And global, I mean, there's big picture stuff here. That's right. Exactly. So as this negotiation takes place. I love that line, man. Yeah. Then, then, then there's going to be opportunity, I right? And this is what line. guys like you love. I less so. I'm the more conservative guy. I yeah. feel it differently than you do. Uh, you love to, to look, you know, and scour through the, the uh, excessive damage done to good companies yep. and find them. Yep. And then there's opportunity. Yes. So it, it, it is going to be a, an active time. Um, there's buyers and sellers on both sides of this market every single day. Correct. And we'll find a balance. We'll test that balance. And then my opinion is at some point in the, in the future, we move forward again once we take and our we, finger off the we pause We will button. be back to normal right. at some point in the future. Right. We don't know exactly what that date is. Right. But it's coming. And every day we're closer to it. That's right. No, that's, exa <laughs> that's exactly right. So when I have that thesis, mm -hmm. I look at this as an opportunity to, to go shopping. Yep. I, I am not concerned about the financial well-being of our clients because we've structured it well. And that type of structure is what we're going to be talking about uh, at our seminar. And this will be on Tuesday, April 21st, uh, live online. Yeah. This is our first webinar we're going to provide for everybody so they can just sign on, uh, get, get registered, and you can watch exactly what our process is and that you have to go and register on morethanmoneyradio.com. All right, so don't go away because after this break, we're all going to be self-isolating here. What's the psychological impact of that and how do we get through it? You're on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on 770 CHQR and More Than Money we're definitely going to talk about more than money today, and money has created some anxiety for people, uh, you know, over the past week, for sure. Yeah, it goes beyond the money, though. But it sure goes beyond the money. I mean, we're moving into this period, um, and it's just, it's unprecedented in this idea of social isolation, right? But we have talked about so, uh, social isolation in the past, particularly to do with, you know, people like my mom who are suffering dementia, um, and the effect that social isolation can have. So... This is going to be a much broader conversation about what, you know, what we can expect, what some of the impacts can be fizz on what some of the things are that we can do about it. Here's one of the problems that I have. Um, I'm a father and a son. Yep. Um, I'm hanging with my kids. Yep. We're good. Right. My father, right. who's in his mid-70s, is in his own home by himself. Right. And we are hesitant to go see him. Yes. Um. And so he is physically isolated, although we are keeping in contact by phone and yep, FaceTime, FaceTime and yep. stuff like that. Yep. But I have no idea what he's dealing with by himself right. in that home. Well, and, and listen, um, everybody will probably handle this slightly differently, but there will be some commonality between what we experience and the problems that we may have and some of the things we need to do. Yep. If you're in that situation, you know, 
uh, to do it. So we've got Dr. Wendy Froberg to join us. She's a recurring guest on our show. Wendy's a clinical psychologist. Um, Wendy, first of all, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I hope we've done a decent job of sort of outlining, you know, what uh, either is or is coming for many people. Uh, we'd sure like to know a little bit about how at-risk people uh, should be handling this and what they might expect to, you know, to experience. Absolutely. Well, just first of all, if you're worried, you're normal. We should, of course, all be worried. Uh, worries about, you know, the, the, we have this capacity to think into the future. And on the positive note, that allows us to anticipate problems and come up with solutions. But at the negative end, where we go is, is what we call catastrophizing. We get into the worst case scenarios and um, end up you know, negatively impacting our, our mental health. So one of the things I always suggest is that we try to distinguish between what we call real problem worries, things that are impacting you right now, that therefore you can do something about, you can take some constructive action, versus the hypothetical worries, the things that maybe might happen and are often those worst case scenarios and often to the future over which we have no control. Um, you know, we've got a lot of triggers going on. This is an, an ambiguous situation, so it's open to interpretation. Do I believe that? Do I believe that? What does that mean? Um, it's new and novel. We have no experience to fall back on for this. Um, nothing of this magnitude anyway. Other epidemics haven't been like this. And it's unpredictable. Nobody knows how long it's going to last, what the outcome is going to be, how bad it's going to get. So those are a lot of, of really um, strong conditions for anxiety to, to, to build up. Yeah, I'd say you've uh, done a good job of of laying it out there. Let's let's talk about it. Now, there's going to be different people and different risk levels, I imagine. Um, maybe we start with the the most at risk people. So you know, people like your dad, they're older, Faisal, and yep. they're, they're at home. Um, you know, you and the kids. The kids might be carriers, so we're afraid to go over and say hi. Talk to us a little bit about about that group, Wendy, and um, if they're in that situation, some of the things they can do to keep you know mental health and engaged with others and you know, social contact to the extent they can get it. One of the things I might even suggest uh, people who are of the age range that they can remember is if they've, if they've got any kind of wartime experiences, because, you know, we are starting to talk about this pandemic as a, as a war. Mm -hmm. And you think about what people did during particularly the Second World War. They're just talking on television now about, you know, changing factories to uh, make ventilators, like the way they changed factories to make bombers back in the, in yeah. the war. So if those are, those are something that's a, probably the, one of the closest experience. So what did people do? then and can we do those things now 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 we have the advantage of course of the internet and social media to connect people I, I would not want to be going through this without the internet to keep me informed and to keep me connected but you know not all seniors and older people have have that but definitely um, doing things they used to you know call it you know stay calm and carry on or keep up your spirits but um, it's about taking action that you can knowing what you can control and what you can't control um, so definitely lots of self-care, um, lots of, you know, uh, watching your, your eating and your sleeping and, and your exercise, even if you have to march up and down the hallways yeah. of your house and, or turn on and exercise. The older oldsters might still have DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> turn that on. Um, about keeping your life balanced. So, so the balancing is between pleasurable activities. So, yeah, take care of yourself. Let yourself you know, um, read a book or, or, or yeah. watch television. Um, then the second um, thing to balance is achievement. We feel better when we've done something. So do some cooking, do some cleaning, um, you know, maybe try something new. There's all sorts of things online now about you know, museum, virtual museum tours, yeah. and 
art courses and things like that. And then the third thing to balance is connection. Um, I myself am setting up a, a you know a Skype happy hour today <laughs> because we nice. need to be able to to connect. So whether that's a phone call again, some of the older folks might not you know be comfortable. They might not have Skype or know how to use it. Um, but if there was any creative way that they could, someone of the younger generation could using social distancing, you know, set them up with something and and teach them over the phone and walk them through it. Who knows? Maybe we could get some of these folks connected. You know, just take their laptop, download it, and then clean it after, <laughs> afterwards. Um, so we want to balance those things. So anything from, you know, getting outside, even if you're in an apartment, and you, all you can do is bundle up and sit on your, on your balcony um, and do some deep breathing, uh, things to, you know, to keep us mindful, um, to keep us um, active, um, to take care of ourselves, even if it's having a bubble bath and, you know, um, giving yourself a facial, things like that. Those are those are pleasurable things that help distract us from from the worry and help you know relax our bodies, which can carry a lot of a lot of tension. Mm-hmm. Wendy, we've we've got I think two different types of people. We've got the introverts and the extroverts. This is the first time on social media I've been reading that introverts are reaching out to extroverts saying, I feel your pain now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm, yeah. And so so <laughs> if, if you're trying to figure out what you are or what type of person you are, let's kind of break it down to those types, of, those two different types of people. For the introverts, what do they do? For the extroverts, what do they do? Well, the introversion, extroversion dementia is a, a dimension is about um, what do you do to um, kind of settle yourself, calm yourself, um, deal with, you know, excesses of stress and, and, you know, what do you want to do at the end of the day? How do you, how do you make yourself feel better? And extroverts tend to move toward people. That's the way they discharge um, tension. And introverts tend to move away from people. And there's a lot of people we call ambiverts who have both, who really like, you know, social interaction, but also really need a certain amount of time every day to, um, you know, to, to, it's like a a recharge your batteries Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So yeah, a lot of introverts are going, this is perfect. I'm really loving this. This is exactly what I want to do. But even they're starting to find that after a while, you know, it's it's that balance again. It's like, do you need to be so introverted when you absolutely have no contact with people um, at all? You actually can start to realize, oh, you know, um, I, I read someone online the other day said, you know, for the first time, I'm actually feeling like I can go out and ask for help because I never did that. I was super independent. I never asked anybody for help. But now, you know, we're all doing it. And that's the, the you know, the, the beauty. It was the same thing with the 2013 flood. The beauty of it was right. how people supported each other. And, and so I think a lot of introverts are probably are going to move a little bit more toward the extroverted um, uh, end of things. And I hope the extroverts learn that, you know what, it's not, it's not terrible to be alone. Mm-hmm. It's, it's can be stressful, but you can, you know, you can, um, you, you can do a lot more internal kinds of things and, and it'll be okay. So I hope it sort of broadens our perspective a little bit. Wendy, we're going to leave it there. We're quickly running our time, but thank you. I, I think a lot of people listening, you know, we just have to continue to push the message, connect. It, it's not weird to feel stress it's from, from this. It's not at all. Right. It's absolutely normal. Just distinguish what you can do, you know, do that decision. If there's anything I can't, I can do it, I'll do it now. If not, I'm going to put off my worrying. I'm going to control. And be careful what you digest. You know, keep mm-hmm. informed, but don't go down that rabbit hole. Of, of the internet and news day in and day out, hour after hour, because it'll just be overwhelming. You need a break from that. Isn't that the truth? Wendy, thanks very much for joining us. You're welcome.
been joined by Dr. Wendy Froberg. She's a clinical psychologist. And you know, Faisal, one of the things that may happen in this as well um, is there's the, maybe we have to slow down a tad. And what I'm excited about, quite frankly, is that I'm going to just get unfettered time with the family. And we're going to play board games. And we're going to do those things that sometimes we don't get to do because we're running in a million directions, going to different camps and stuff and so on and so forth. So there is an opportunity here, too. Yeah. It's different, obviously, if you're on your own. You're yep. going to have to take some special steps to do that. Yeah. But either way, these are diff the, uh, this is a, you know, a different situation that maybe we hadn't thought about. But there's going to be lots of those things coming up. And this is all part of the retirement experience that you may have, right? We're going to live this one now. Who knows what it is looks in the future? But we have to plan for those unplanned things. Correct. And we're going to be talking about how do you plan for these types of volatile situations mm -hmm. in your retirement portfolio. And we're going to do it as our first online webinar. Yeah. That's going to be on Tuesday, April 21st, 7 p.m. You need to go to morethanmoneyradio.com to register. That's morethanmoneyradio.com. Stay tuned after the break to find out how uh, or what Calgary's plan is for dealing with COVID-19. You're on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Um, you know, it's not just big picture governments facing this. We're facing this at a local level too in Calgary, right? I mean, everybody, right? Everybody is facing this. We got to find out what, uh, you know, what our city's dealing with and how we're preparing. It's interesting because what happens from a healthcare perspective is a provincial matter. Yeah. The federal government's putting in their own piece, but at the end of the day, it falls down on the individual um, urban and suburban areas, and Calgary uh, being one of them, it all goes back to the, the city council you bet. and how they're going to handle it. And yep. they, they have to deal with everybody's you-know-what yep. um, when it comes to this type of an issue. Yep. So let's find out how it is from the city council perspective you bet. and what, what, are we, what can we expect or what can we hope for going, yeah, going for forward. Sure. Uh, Jeff Davidson's been with us before, and he's uh, been gracious enough to give us some time. And amidst all of the uh, busy schedule that he's got, he's uh, Calgary City Councillor with Ward 6. Jeff, uh, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. How are you? Yeah, we're good. I know you uh, are busy, and we want to thank you for taking some time with us. But, um, you know, we've got, a, we've got a big problem to handle, and that is, uh, you know, what are we going to be doing here as a city, uh, to deal with this, what can we expect as as citizens of Calgary, and you know, not just today, but when we come out of this thing? So maybe just give us an, yeah. a bit of an overview of of sort of the uh, the crisis planning that's going on with respect to the virus. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'll do the the best I can. I mean, you know, everything right now is uh, is very fluid, right? Uh, yeah. You know, things are almost changing by the hour uh, as we as we see this virus uh, continue to grow, specifically in North America. Uh, and, and we know right now that uh, a lot of the challenge is really going to come uh, in the next four to five weeks as this thing picks up. And so, you know, I think the city of Calgary has really led a lot of the country. Um, you know, certainly we were the first to declare a local state of emergency. Uh, we were the first municipality to do that across the country. And very shortly after that, you saw even provinces following suit with what we were doing. Um, you know, I keep telling people right now, uh, you know, the biggest things we have to focus on are really three words. Number one, survival. Number two, recovery. And number three, resilience. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of how do we address the immediate needs, uh, you know, the medical aid, the shelters, mental health, support, financial, uh, you know, crisis that we're in. Uh, what, what is the most effective way to, to partner with organizations and really think about what is our survival in the short term? But we re really quickly have to get into that recovery mode. You know, when we come out of this, you know, in a couple of months, uh, and, and we do feel like it will be months and not days or weeks, 
um, we really have to figure out how do we evolve into this new state of normal uh, and, and understand what policies and processes is that we're going to need to change as we go forward as we restart the economy. And then there's number three, you know, I think resilience. Uh, what initiatives do we need to look at now uh, in order to minimize the fallout from the crisis, in particular with Calgary, who's on top of everything related to COVID-19. You know, we've got, uh, you know, the depletion of oil prices behind us, um, you know, major corporations here in the city that are struggling. Uh, and these are major employers to us, too. So, you know, what are the things that we need to be doing to think about how do we get down the road from here? Uh, and, and not just focus on large-scale uh, growth, but how do we focus on that sort of organic growth or reinvestment in the community, if you will? Yeah, it's uh, you got a, a full plate there, my friend. And um, let's talk a little bit about, um, to the extent you can, lots of business owners out there concerned about having to shut their businesses down. We're certainly hearing from mm-hmm. provincial and federal governments um, is there any planning, any, any oh, I'm sure there's some thought process going into it, but what can you share with us about what business owners might expect at a municipal level? Yeah, I mean, I think, again, you know, this is a very fluid process where, you know, I will say that, uh, you know, there's nothing like a crisis to bring sort of divisive governments together and really begin to collaborate on what are the tools and outcomes we need to achieve because, at the end of the day, uh, you know, survival of our people and taking care of one another is, is absolutely top priority above all else. Uh, so, you know, everybody has kind of parked their partisanship views and uh, is moving forward in a collaborative manner, which is really nice to see. So you've obviously got all of these federal uh, aid packages that are coming down. Uh, you've, you've got the province now taking steps to figure out what types of reinvestment do they have. And then specifically for us, what are we looking at? You know, number one, we're looking at everything right now in terms of, you know, how do you how do you defer things with NMAX? How do you defer people's bills to uh, looking at, you know, how do we move the property tax deadlines? Uh, what types of tax holidays can we get into? Um, you know, we know even at start out, you know, right now pushing, you know, in my opinion, pushing uh, tax bills and things like that down the road by six months. I don't think these these businesses are going to recover in the next six months. And, Correct. Yeah. Um, if you have sort of the same tax implementation side in place now, you know, going forward, you still have to take the previous six months and add it to the next sort of year's worth of bills that you're going to be paying. And so we've really got to figure out uh, how we can make that palatable for people. Uh, and, and that may include a lot of different types of cancellations. Jeff, um, Jeff can I just jump in here? Because there's sure. I've been talking to a lot of business owners because they've been calling me up and saying, what the heck do I do? And mm-hmm. I think there's a misunderstanding of whose responsibility is what. When it comes yeah. to your employees and get, keeping their jobs or paying them versus business tax, property tax, um, rent, or mortgage payments, can you break down what's within the city's control? And everything else we'll say is provincial or federal. We won't get into the details of those two. But what do you guys have in your wheelhouse versus everything else? Because there's a lot going on at the same time, and, and they're going to they're gonna dump on you guys. You're, you're yeah. the first line of defense when it comes to who they're going to dump on. And I think we need to educate these business owners and individuals of what can you control in the city and what you can't control. So kind of give us a really quickly, like a one-minute p- spiel on what's within the wheelhouse of the city, and then everything else goes to provincial and federal. 
Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, from the city perspective, it's fairly basic. You know, we control things like business licensing. We control things like taxes, right? We're the tax collector on behalf of not just the city of Calgary, but also the province of Alberta. And so uh, everything else sort of ladders up the chain. So, you know, when it comes to what do I do with my employees? You know, how do I get EI started for my employees at the time like this? That's all federal, right? You know, and and to some degree, this is why we pay into those EI types of things, right? This is why we look for that protection down the road. Um, from the city's side of it, it's really your day-to-day bills. You know, you're paying your 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 utility fees, you've got your property taxes, uh, things like that. Um, but where we can also step in and help and be influential is on that rental side. You know, right now I'm hearing from a lot of businesses saying, you know, look, I'm, you know, park the tax issue for a second. I'm not making money. How am I going to pay the rent to my right. landlord? Yeah. And so, you know, that's one of the things we're now taking on at the city to also figure out, you know, we're effectively in a massive shutdown here, right? We we have to yeah. understand that people are not making money, that affects their staff, you know, that affects people going home who have mortgages, right? So, um, you know, it, it's complicated, but at the end of the day, that's where, you know, we have to look locally to the tools we have in things like tax collection and utility to say, what things can we, you know, potentially forgive here uh, to ensure that upon restart here, people have a chance to survive this. So you use the word forgive, Jeff. You've used mm -hmm. the word forgive versus defer. Our federal government has used a lot of the words defer, mm -hmm. which means you're going to pay that just not today. You're saying forgive. Is that that the conversation happening in the city is a forgiveness versus a deferral? I think we have to look at all things, right? Um, You know, again, you go back to the small business owner who said, let's say we get through this and we're, we're into June and, and we say, you know, it's time I want to start my restaurant back up. Well, okay, all of your employees have been let go. They're all on EI. Hopefully you can get them back, number one. Uh, number two, you know, you now have the challenges of restocking, restarting, all of, you know, all of those things. Your bills will immediately start, you know, at that point saying, you know, your, your landlord's going to want their rent. The utility company's going to want their, their fees. Um, but now you've got this massive debt from behind you that you now have to take at a time of restart and, mm-hmm. and also pay out. And so I think, you know, nothing should be off the table right now in terms of what are we looking at for, for you know, things we can defer, but things we can also forgive. Because yeah. I think it's really going to take that forgiveness side if you want to quickly push restart on the economy. I agree with you, uh, Jeff. It's uh, it's not a it's not an easy situation. You guys have your, your plate full and there's lots of complicated things to talk about, but... I think the language you're using today. Hopefully, you can you can find some mechanisms to do that, um, because I've been critical of the the federal government and their 55 billion dollar deferral on taxes. Again, it, it like you said, it just means I have to pay it later. But if I don't have the money because I can't run my business, I still have a cash flow problem, and that Correct. and that ultimately leads to uh, to a problem. So I don't consider that stimulus. Okay, yep. we've got to leave it there. I thank you. Um, we might be in touch again in the near future, just so we can keep everybody abreast of uh, the developments. But uh, as you said, it's fluid and it's changing, truly hour by hour. Thanks, Jeff. You bet, guys. Thanks a lot. Okay. So now, when you're going into your retirement or you're in retirement, you're going through all these shocks, Mm. what do you do? How do you structure your portfolio to provide you with income for the rest of your life while these types of volatile times come into play? We're going to have our, our first online webinar on Tuesday, April 21st, 7 p.m. You need to go to morethanmoneyradio.com to register. That's morethanmoneyradio.com to register. Okay, join us after the break. Um, I had a really cool question. How did Dave and Faisal stay calm and confident during this period? We're going to discuss that 
after the break. You're on 770 CHQR and more than money. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on 770 CHQR and more than money. I had a really interesting conversation um, this week. and Well, I had tons of conversations this week. <laughs> but Faisal, there was one I shared with you, which I thought was really cool. I thought about it after I was talking to a, a gent and he he had left me a message. He said, geez, I just want to talk to you and you know, I'm nervous and blah, blah, blah. So we, we had that conversation. Yeah. I don't mean to be cavalier about it because it is anxiety stricken. It's a stressful time, yeah. for sure. And people are stressed. At sure. the end of it, he says to me, Dave, I got to ask you this question. I'm not sure how to ask it. I said, well, you know, fire away. And he said, well, you sound really calm and confident. And he said, that either tells me you're crazy or that you're going to jump out the window and you're just not telling me. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's funny because I got the same kind of question. Is that the whole jumping out of the window part? Yeah. But the, are, are you like crazy right, right now? Like, are you like, is there something wrong with you, Faisal? Because right. you don't look like, you look tired. Right. But you don't look like you're stressed about what's happening in the portfolio, right. the world, and stuff like that. I just and so, how did you answer that question? Well, I mean, it wasn't a, it wasn't a simple answer, but we talked about um, we talked about a whole bunch of different things. And I'm I'm going to say um, I'll, I'll tell you sort of the condensed version of what we talked about. I said, listen, there's a whole bunch of things that that I've got that you don't. Yeah. Right. Number one. We've got data behind us, right? So there's lots of research and information. Now, data, we know facts don't necessarily overcome fear, right? So that doesn't help people Correct. on the anxiety part. But we're at least armed with the information. We're, I think we're doing a, as good a job as we can to keep our clients informed of that. Number two, I have an awesome team, right? So I'd love to tell you that I haven't come and been sitting in my office, and you can attest to this, literally yelling or punching the screen <laughs> because I'm so frustrated with what's going on, yeah. or, you know, or it's oh. irrational, or yeah. whatever the case may be. You, you can attest to that. So we all do that, though, Dave. That's like, right. We're yeah. we're just as human as everybody else is. Right. The difference that I think we are able to convert that that um, ex, that uh, feeling and then get into back into professional mode quicker. Well, and it's it's that's done because of of team. And so where I was going to go with that is there's moments when you literally are in the net, you know, the office right by me and and you can hear what's going on in there and you'll come in and say, "Okay, what's going on?" and we talk about it. Yep. There'll be moments when you have that similar experience, there's Correct. moments when uh, Andrew has the similar experience. So there's a team of people, okay? And we're not subject to the emotion of whatever the moment is individually. Correct. Important. Okay. Um the third thing we talked about which we have been talking about a little bit over the past couple of weeks is structure and discipline. Absolutely. Okay. So um, the the I stick with this. The superpower that an investor has is structure and discipline. That is your case. You wrap yourself in that, right? Every um, time we've gotten emotional, Dave, <clears throat> yeah. we've deviated from the structure and discipline mentally. Yes. And then when we come back to structure and discipline, you're right. Right. Okay, you're right. Right. <laughs> right. And and so structure and discipline, we've talked about, you know, have an income bucket and have growth assets that, you know, take th – these are all different objectives and have different investment goals. We've been talking about this for 10 years. This isn't as a result of the coronavirus. Um, discipline, the discipline says, okay, what's going forward, right? So it's so easy emotionally to get trapped in what's just happened this week or Correct. last week or the last three weeks. Yep. Uh, but you've got to distance yourself from that emotional reaction to what just happened to say, okay, let's clear the front windshield here. Stop looking in the rear, rear view. Let's, let's clear it up and let's look forward. What do we need to do, right? And you love this stuff because there's opportunity. Whenever we get this kind of disorderly trading, and it's been in every market, not just the stock market, bond market, yep. currency markets, everything. commodity markets, everything. everything. 
but it does present opportunity. And, and we say that because it, it's, it's factually true. Right. It's, there is evidence of it over history, and there will be evidence going forward of it, too. Right. It's hard for someone to say, let's get in, let's buy. So they think I'm crazy. Right. And I'll go back to January of 2009 when I said, we're buying more stocks. Right. And I was early. Right. The markets fell till about March, yep. and then it started to recover slowly after that, and then late 2009 got much better. I was crazy. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, Dave, I know that I'm doing the right thing when people, listeners of this of this show, will start using four-letter words with me. <laughs> okay? And I say that because it's, when you in retrospect, you don't like hearing it right <laughs> off the get-go, but when they start using four-letter words with me, I know we're at a emotional high, yeah. rational low. Right. And what makes money? Rational. Long-term. Yep. Short term, whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. Longer term, rational thought. And and um, Warren Buffett and his team has said, if you cannot handle 50% downside swings, then you're not ready for the stock market. Right. Then you're not ready for the stock market, which means what does he look for? Right. The 50% downside swings or close to that 50% downside swings. Yeah. It might be a little bit cliche to say this, um, but it's it's interesting. Investors approach discounts differ than they do when they're a retail uh, purchaser, yeah. right? So when you walk into your favorite clothing store and you see that really cool shirt that you want, yeah. and it's 40% off, the reaction is very different uh, than when you walk into you know the, uh, the stock market yeah. uh, as your store and you see a great company selling at a 40% discount to where it was Three three months ago. But let's let's take it one step further because a consumer good like a, a a clothing item or whatever and it's on sale is for a consumer use for a short period of time. Hmm. Okay, let's talk about real estate. Okay. In all of that, this is going on. Sure. Not one of people, one one person who's called me and talked to me said, "I'm putting my house on sale." Right. This thing's going to plummet. We're at bad oil and everything's going point. down to hell. And we're I'm going to sell this because I'm going to only get ten cents on the dollar on my on my home. Right. It's going to zero though. No, then the emotional reaction is it's all going to go to zero. Correct. That's right? the that's the extreme. Every emotion. single company's going to go bankrupt, Faisal. But my house is going to be fine. Right. That's the irrational thought right. process because right. it's emotionally driven, which is where I get excited about. Well, and the other thing, you know, I talked this this week um, with the morning crew, and uh, there's a an index called the VIX. Uh, we won't volatility go into, index. Yep, yeah, we won't go into the technical details, but but it's often commonly referred to as the fear gauge. Correct. Right? And um, this week we saw it spike above eighty two. Now that <laughs> won't mean anything to anybody until I say the last time we saw that number was at the absolute peak of the fear in the two thousand and eight crisis, financial crisis. Correct. That's how high and extreme it was. That's where we got this uh, this week, right? You need to get there. You need to flush out the weak hands. What was the feeling back then? Right. Forget about the financial crises. Ask yourself. No, as a listener, ask yourself what if you if you went through that with investments, you know what were you saying, right? And and you mentioned something earlier on a video piece we did for our clients. You said in two thousand eight, mm -hmm. when the financial crises happened, and the fear was. We're going to all go bankrupt. Well, the fear started with, this has never happened before. Correct. That's the, the entire thing. global financial system is going to collapse. This, that sounds similar to the language we're using right now. Correct. Everything's going to collapse. That's a well, okay. well What you said in the video to our clients was, this is the time you need to think about what happened in 2008, and now you're 12 years older. Right. You're 
view of the world and your money and the time you have in your career has changed 12 years later. So it's not the same risk tolerance that you had 12 years ago. And so you have more fear because you're older and you have to use this money in a... This is where structure mm-hmm. and discipline works. This is right. where we have our conversations and we go out of the world of crazy right. and come back to, you know, okay, we've got this because we go back to our structure and discipline. Yeah. So it's fair to say, you know, it's fair to say, Faisal, that we're human. There are moments of emotion. Well, I am. I don't know about you yet. We're, <laughs> the, the jury's still out if you're still human or not. <laughs> All right. So, so there are impacts there. You know, we do get emotional and things get crazy and, and whatnot. Uh, we've got a great team. Backed by data, you've got good structure and discipline, right? And you've got clarity of rational thought going forward. Absolutely. Those are the things that will protect you. Okay, we've got to talk about all this stuff, right? Correct. Um, and we've got to calm people down and show them how that can, uh, how that works. Yeah, how does the structure and yeah. discipline work? And we're going to do this on our first live webinar on April 21st, 7 p.m. You need to register. So go to morethanmoneyradio.com. That's morethanmoneyradio.com. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to another edition. We know that uh, these markets can be uh, really scary at times. We will do our best to communicate how we're, you know, what we're doing, what we're thinking about, and keep you abreast of the latest information. If you have any questions, you feel free to reach out to us through morethanmoneyradio.com. Thanks for tuning in to another edition. We look forward to chatting with you next week. You're on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.